The thing is, talking normally is going right to the middle of the bar. Okay. But when I laughed, it was like really... Yeah, but, it was too but much. the laughs aren't going to happen that much. <laughs> <laughs> right, banter quality medium. Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about accents in the movies. It's the Guys on Film podcast. Why, hey, man. What accent was that, Oliver? It's like um, Geordie, sort of Newcastle. So, just to check, were you doing an accent or were you saying a phrase in your <laughs> normal accent? Yeah, a little bit of both. So, I'm under duress that it basically says here... I must keep the recording time down and not have any fun. Um, and that Oliver nearly destroyed his laptop due to the runtime of the raw recording of our previous episode. Is that right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I've had a threat come through. So yeah. this one, we're going to try and keep it tight, top, Some legal lean. action. Yeah. Okay. So um, tell us what we're, we've got coming up on the show. Would you say it's a show? Would you say it's a show? We're showing people everything they need to know about accents. Okay. That's actually that's not true. It's just that's a claim that's untrue. On this week's show, though, we have um, we have a seggy one, which is called "Everything's Going to Be Okay." So we take some um, well-known movie plots, yeah, and we deliver them as if you know what were you worried about? Everything just is fine. Yeah, yeah. The example is is what if Jurassic Park was a complete success? And it just worked. You know, nothing bad ever happened. And it was just fun. It was just great. It worked. Brilliant. Like that. Love it. Like yeah. That. So that's Seggy one. And then we'll do life scores as we always do. And then we'll go into a semi-deep dive. A medium yeah. dive. Yeah. <laughs> into accents in the movies. But much like the last episode, instead of going into masses of details about accents, we've just got a menagerie of different... Is menagerie the right word? Of different segments to accents. Cavalcade. Cavalcade. Yeah. Something like that. And um and the fun thing is, is that we're we can actually, for the very first time using the power of Zoom, uh, we've actually we can see each other. So if the pande- pandemic's taught us anything, it's that it still takes around six to nine months for us to adapt to technology. <laughs> yeah. I like your um I like your t-shirt Ian your anti-mask anti-lockdown t-shirt it's um what? you know I mean it's a bold choice I know you're very keen on wearing it outside and <laughs> on packed tubes and stuff like that but I stick to your guns Ollie lured me in there cuz I actually have a new t-shirt on so yeah, I unzipped my jumper more and then he hit me with this false information this fable yeah it's um it's a Mastodon t-shirt, a Bill and Ted. Um, did they do a song on the Face the Music soundtrack? I believe they did, yeah. This is a phone booth in uh, cosmic space. But since people can't see it, let's move on. Okay. I get on with the rest of the show. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys so yeah seki one what we're saying is everything's gonna be okay i basically 
tasked Ian with coming up with a few scenarios from the movies, from pre-existing films, where everything turns out okay. Like the, the, the previously mentioned uh, Jurassic Park, you know, let's say Jurassic Park, everything's fine. You know, there's no uh, nobody there trying to steal eggs or the security systems are actually like really decent and not using some kind of 3D uh, line drawing matrix system where you got to <laughs> literally fly through the entire facility to turn off a lock. I'm glad that technology <laughs> never caught on. That's fair. Yeah. Why don't you hit me with your first one? Hit me with your best shot. Okay. So um, this is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. And um, so here's the synopsis, the unofficial synopsis. Oh, I didn't French- write any unofficial synopsises. Oh, did you not? No. I'll oh, just, did you just want me to discuss these? I'm just these? winging it. But you can do an unofficial synopsis if you want. I'm going to do them in the style of an unofficial synopsis because <laughs> I, get... I took the time and effort to okay. write these down. But could you give me the unofficial synopsis jingle line? The unofficial synopsis. Fridge, Spencer, Bethany and Martha all get sent to detention. Whilst they're there, they find a games console and decide to play the game for a few hours to help the time pass. End yeah. synopsis. Right. Okay. It's just it's just the games console. <laughs> and then what and the game is called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, and it's just a game where you play as characters and they all select a character that they want to be and they're all quite happy that it is within the construct of a game environment and that they're just assuming that uh, avatar for a little bit of time. And then detention's done and that's that. And they learn something? Do they learn um, anything about themselves or is it just no? Oh come on! Listen, mate. I'm not writing the new movie. I'm just writing the synopsis for this. Is movie. it more like a sort of slice of life? Yeah, because what do they learn in the real film? They learn that like it doesn't matter who you are, you are as long as you're really attractive. <laughs> yeah, or like have huge muscles, then you can be confident. Ex- yeah, exactly. Right. So like, oh, I'm like a meek, uh, partly depressed person, and I can't get the girl. But now that the girl's seen me as The Rock, <laughs> yeah. she realizes that actually there's more to me. And it took that cosmetic intro for her to break through that barrier. I think but that's in your game, it's just all about story. he does like a, a speed run on the third level and she's like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. She's yeah. like, fucking hell, nice moves. I didn't realize you played games. You got a Twitch stream? <laughs> yeah. And he has, and it's great. Um, okay, shall I go through my first one? Yeah, go for it. So this one is based on the fly. And as we know, in the original <laughs> fly, um, he he enters the pod. Um, can we can we get a, a ding for every episode when the fly is mentioned? There we go. <laughs> Wasn't very okay, good. Okay, sorry, please continue. Wasn't very, very resonant. So this is the fly. So... In our version, well, in in Cronenberg's version, Brundle is building a, a telepod which transports him from from one from A to B. It takes his uh, genetic structure and uh, rebuilds it again somewhere else. And in their version, a fly also gets in there and it gets fused with his genes and rebuilds him as Brundlefly with tragic consequences. But in my version, because I'm thinking in the film. The fly's actually making a lot of noise. It's it's really buzzing around. Like, you know, the sound designers really went to town on how much it's buzzing. 
So I'm saying he absolutely buzzing. So he notices um, the fly in the telepod and thinks like out loud, like with reverb, like in a head voice. Oh shit! That could have had unforeseen results. So he does some (laughs) tests and finds out about the fusion and deems it unsafe for human travel. So like absolutely like sacks off that idea forever and it never happens. However, with a few tweaks, he totally revolutionizes uh, dog breeding with hilarious results. (laughs) What do you reckon? Uh, Give us an example of one of the hilarious results. Have you got one? Uh, Just like, you know, like um, a very small Rottweiler. Okay. Right, okay. Like immediate, so get- immediate effective results. Like, do you want this dog spliced with this dog? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do like it. I do like it. And so that would be just like crossing two dogs that are in the machine at the same time rather than like crossing a dog, for example, with a fly in order to make it fly size. When I say a few tweaks, you still get both dogs, but you but it builds a third one. So, <laughs> right, okay. Do you know what I, I mean? I said a few tweaks. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what he doesn't want to happen is like you put two dogs in there and it it mangles them together. So he's, you know, he he's just completely foreseen the future, um, and it's just a great success, and it's hilarious. It's got no uh, pus or fingernails falling off. It's just a lovely, lovely film. A lovely film. Cool. And um, I I get that that's also blending into the fly too because you're still very upset, yeah, yeah, about the poor dog, yeah. Okay, all right. Shall I do my next one? Yes, please, if you would. So it's taken. Former Green Beret and CIA. Sorry, former Green Beret and CIA officer Brian Mills gives his daughter permission to travel to Paris against his instincts. At the airport, is it still to see you too? At the airport, Brian learns that Kim lied. The girls are actually planning to follow U2 during their European tour. Mm. Okay. The girls have a wonderful time, and Brian joins them in Utrecht for the <laughs> final concert of the tour. I loves it. Wow. It's great. It's a happy ending. He, he actually didn't realise he liked U2 as much as he does. A bit, I mean, but I, I think that um, his character probably would be more likely to enjoy U2 than a teenager. Yeah, it's so badly written. Even when that film came out, yeah. a teenager wouldn't have been into you two. It's like, yeah, the screenwriter was there going, what, what's a good band that I know? And you, you, yeah, you two, yeah. Are they still relevant? Sure. They had that album on the iPods. So, and they're, they're always, they're, cool. uh, they're always touring Europe, aren't they? What's yeah. your next one? Okay, my next one is um, Japanese horror classic, The Ring. So in the original version, there is a videotape. And if you watch it within a day or so, I'm not sure on the time limit, actually, but within 24 hours, you die. Um, And you die in like a really sort of scary way where your face is all like, like, oh, my God, I've just seen something really horrific. Um, But in this version... Ollie just pulled a face that was grimacing at death. I love these. I love the fact that you can see me now, so that you can provide some kind of visual, insightful visual, insightful visuals. Ian's insightful visual reference. It's slightly better. I mean, it's not great, but it is slightly better than his face was like that, and then not saying anything <laughs> for the audio form factor. Yeah, um, I would ask you to do your best staring at the worst possible fear ever, but. It, 
it just doesn't make good radio. So, I mean, that is quite a good face, though. Um, although it did more look like the the guy in American Pie when he's you know <laughs> finishing up pie in it. Pie in it. Uh, anyway, so in the ring, there's a videotape. You watch it, you die. But in our version, and it's still in Japan. Your version. Yeah, someone someone tapes over the original tape. They're looking for stuff. Um, the 1998 Royal Rumble's just about to come on television. And they're looking for a tape. And it's, oh, you know, I've got the Lost Boys. Now I can't tape over that. And they just find this, this random tape. They put it in the VCR. And they hit record. And they just tape over the curse with the 1998 Royal Rumble. Um, and that tape sort of has a life of its own and it passes around um, multiple families and inspires a whole generation of Japanese wrestlers um, in a heartwarming, emotional sports drama. And just in case it wasn't obvious enough, the ring is the wrestling ring. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's wow. good. It's really good. Great. Great. Um, really? What a creative mind you have, Oliver. Cheers, mate. Thanks. <laughs> So I, I took this uh, brief slightly more literally, uh, just <laughs> had things that were as if the plot sort of kickoff had never happened. And that <laughs> well, it's an interesting just remained look. in the status quo. Coming at it from a different angle, it's fine. My next one is seven. <laughs> Two detectives, a rookie and a veteran, hunt a serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as his motives. The entirety of the horrific plot plays out but much like David Fincher's previous movie, The Game, it's all a massive ruse. Led by Detective Somerset, the entire cast of the ploy get back together with all the supposed victims turning up still in full, often bloody makeup and have a laugh about how they've pulled the blood... Uh, sorry. <laughs> pulled the wool over his eyes. The icing on the cake being Tracy running in with her own sculpted severed head and flailing it around him saying, We got you. We bloody got you, you silly arse. <laughs> and they're all laughing like at the end of Thundercats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. With the guy with the knife on his thing. Oh, brilliant. Two frame animation just sort <laughs> yeah. of bouncing up and down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically exactly the same film, but with an alternate ending. It is, but the good thing is nobody died. It's just that one person got traumatized who gets traumatized uh mills even though he knows it's a it's a funny joke well he did up until when everybody jumps out again at the end and says it was all a laugh the damage has been done yeah maybe the damage has been done because he thought that his wife and child were dead um ian i did actually say that this one was um films where everything is okay but you seem to have Kind of inadvertently made seven potentially more harrowing. (laughs) I've Um, got one last one. Do you have another one? I've got one more. I said three each. Um, So uh, my final one is the Matrix. So obviously, (gasps) wow. Well, let's let's have a uh, see which one wins. But um, so in the original Matrix, you know, people are being used as batteries. And they wake up and they're like, oh, this is mental. We're being used as as batteries for big robots and we have to stay in a fake world forever. So in my version of The Matrix, the first people kind of wake up and realize what's happening. But they realize that the actual outcome of this is they could end up kind of living in a cave and stinking and like (laughs) listening to trance music and eating slop. 
So they all mount an effort to rejoin the Matrix and actually live in an, an ideal life within the Matrix. Like knowing about it and everything and going, I can literally do whatever I want. I can eat crisps. I could buy ready salted crisps and I could will them to be any flavour. So, see if this rings me? any bells. <laughs> Thomas Anderson, a computer programmer, is led to fight an underground war against powerful computers who have constructed his entire reality with a system what? Called, what? within a system called the Matrix. But after he's brought out of the Matrix into the real world, he begins to realise that Morpheus and his gang of worried rebels are all in a fluff about nothing. The real world is actually quite shit, and so he convinces them to just get on with it and enjoy the Matrix. Perfect. I can't believe we've... Uh... We've we've got the same one there. That's fantastic. What a, what an end to the segment. I feel as though anybody who's been a long time listener might be starting to get some sense that we maybe just talk about six or seven films on repeat. The Fly, The Matrix, Commando, <laughs> Seven, Seven, Alien, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. And um, oh, was and London has fallen, or whatever it is with Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Should we rename the podcast Seven Films We Like Forever"? <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Seven Films We Like Forever podcast. <laughs> I'm Ollie. He's Ian. I like it. It's a new alternate intro. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Um, um, does this like new format still have live scores? Yeah. Let's go on with that then. Live scores. Live score. How are you? Live scorn. I'm fine. Thank you. Live scorn. Out of ten. Live scorn. Pro- probably like a, a four. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Give us your update first then, Ollie. It's so, been an interesting little while since episode 110. Okay, so um, big news. I've got a PlayStation 5. Wow. I had that as the top thing on my list. And originally when I wrote my list, it was PS5 update, as in like you tell us about your PS5. But then I got one as well. Really? Yeah. Did you get a disc or a digital version? I got a disc version. Nice one. Were you going to judge me if I got a digital version? No, not, not at all. Not at all. Um, but I, yeah, so far, I feel like it's a, I think it's a nice step up from the last generation. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think Astro's Playroom is is very nice. The controller's fantastic. Wow. Um, I've been playing Demon Souls quite a lot and um, a game called Dirt 5. don't know if you've heard about it. But actually... Um, Did you I, burp when you said that? No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very impressed. It was a doddle to set up, although it is massive. It's it's, it's massive, yeah. I, I've got, um, I've got like this small unit that's intentionally made to fit. Like, well, we bought it because it was one meter exactly to fit into this gap in the living room. Yeah, and like the TV unit just fits, and it barely fits the PlayStation Four in it. And now I've got this thing that's the size of. And where are you? Where are you housing it now? Like on well, the here's the thing, the and th- this has p- pissed off a number of my work colleagues no end. I got one the day that they were launched. Mm-hmm. I've not actually set it up yet. What? Why? Because I'm right in the middle of the original Insomniac game Spider-Man. Oh, okay. And I'm on but, PlayStation uh, Four playing that, 
And I'm just yeah. like, well, I'm going to finish it. I'll finish that and then I'll move away from the PlayStation 4. Hmm. Fair. But you know you can transfer your save across to the PlayStation 5. I can, but I want to finish that game without okay. doing all the downloads, uploads, transfers and bollocks. Like just, okay. just let me finish it. But anyway... Uh, I'm um, literally halfway through it. Okay. Well, I, I was a little bit worried that it might be... It, it wouldn't feel like a, a kind of a generational leap, if you know what I mean. But I think... Ian, I think the controller is an absolute game changer. Wow. It's it changes s- the game. Yeah, it does. And no, it really does. Like playing um playing Dirt 5, for example, with the triggers, you know, you get the you know, the tension on the triggers. It's got these adaptive triggers. I'm gonna just keep saying the word triggers, you know, so when you're on the dirt or the tarmac, you can kind of feel the you know, the bite of the accelerator. And the tension on the brakes is fantastic. Uh, so anyway, that's the, you know, get that nerdy stuff out of the way. Um, I treated Mandy to uh, watching a movie. We watched The Fly. Um, and I just <laughs> wanted to give you an update on what I, what I feel about it now. Uh, I think it's still got great SFX. The music by Howard Shaw is fantastic. Wow. Like you don't realize how good the music in is. It is so over the top and dramatic. Um, and it's also quite funny. I didn't realise how funny the film is. Like, there's at some point where he's kind of like knocks his ear off, and his reaction is just kind of like, "Oh, that." <laughs> you know, do you want to come and see? And he says, "Like, do you want to see what else I've got in my cabinet?" And he's got like todgers in there and everything. A fantastic film. Mandy was squealing and squirming throughout because I did warn her that it was really grisly. And like she watches all that Dr. Pimple Popper stuff on Instagram that I can't watch. So when I was in LA, what do you think about this? So I was in LA and I was getting um, a train down to Santa Monica. And there was a guy sat on the train on a seat and he had his phone out and he was watching Dr. Pimple Popper on um, on a, a public train. What do you think about that? Just watching a huge spot being squeezed. It's It's strange. Yeah, it's for not. For sure. Yeah. It's unsettling. Yeah. At least he wasn't sitting there doing it to himself. True. Yeah. Small mercies. Um I've been I've been um using my VR headset to watch Alan Partridge on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh been enjoying that. And I've discovered that in I'm Alan Partridge, he is forty three years old, which is only three years younger than what I am now. So you are almost Alan Partridge. Is I that the show that you're going to do? Just Alan Partridge when he was living in Linton Travel Tavern. So, okay, um, yeah, and that's 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 pretty much it. I'm still on the piano. I'm still running, um, and and that's still it. Still on me. the piano. And I think you know, given all of those things with the the PlayStation, the Fly, the Alan Partridge, I think I'm on an eight and a half. Okay, it's pretty good. Um. I've already given my PS5 update. I've not played it. <laughs> but can I also say that in your description of um, how you feel about the PlayStation, that you almost started to sound like the man in the board game shop that you talked about many episodes ago who had a limited vocabulary and his ability to explain good things. Because <laughs> you sure. were just like, it's fantastic. No, really, it is fantastic. Oh, um, Ian, I'm going to edit most of those fantastics out. Okay, right. So I sound like an idiot now. Um, (laughs) One thing bringing my score down is um, I've got a thumb splinter that's gone underneath the nail of my thumb. 
and um, it's quite painful, and I don't know really what to do about it. It's going to be very hard to extract. Yeah, absolutely. It's like kind of trapped, like between the skin and the nail, right up in the side. So basically, the other night we've got this like floor lamp, and usually you would walk across to it and you would press the off button by putting your foot on the off button. It's like a, it's obviously made to be stood on to turn it off. Yeah. I was sitting in the middle of the living room floor and I reached over to it and I don't want to describe it in too much detail, but like my fingers were down, facing down the way to press the button, but my thumb was dragging along the bottom and it just lifted against like a the whole, grain. A whole pile of like we've got exposed wooden flooring, it just lifted a bunch of that right underneath my nail and it's very painful. And the problem is like, I don't, like, I've soaked it in salt water. I've done all sorts of stuff to try and, like, kind of ease out whatever's in there. But I just really, like, I've got no idea how it's going to come out because it's really jammed in there. And how far down your nail is it? Like, just more than halfway. It's quite bad. Oh, wow. Have you tried a little needle? It's too painful for that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I could, but I think I'd have to, like, have a whiskey and like really that that is the most um sort of film thing i've heard is like i'm gonna have to have a shot of whiskey and then you know sort of pour gunpowder in it and light it yeah and then like put a a wooden doorstop in between (laughs) my teeth (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so that's bringing me down but i've got um there's there are other strange parallels in our preparation for this podcast because i thought it was worth bringing up a couple of films that I've watched recently. So we watched From Dust Till Dawn, The Fly, The Brood, and Society all around sort of Halloween time. Okay. Um, we actually only watched um, From Dust Till Dawn and The Fly together. I watched The Brood and Society. So, and a lot, Ian, a, you sent me a message ages ago that you didn't actually respond to, and you said, suggest some horror movies, but not gory, just ghosts and scary. And I think I suggested Signs. Yeah, but that was after we'd already watched these gory ones. A load of gore. (laughs) And it became obvious to me that Rhea was not into the gory stuff. And my takeaway from it was, like, lots of people are actually repulsed by this. Mm -hmm. But I just, for some reason, never take it seriously because it is so obviously prosthetic. But yeah, Rhea was really not liking the fly. Especially, I think, like, the white fluid, I think, is probably the worst bit of it and the and the um arm wrestling oh yeah pretty yeah grim yeah pretty bad so we had very similar experiences there but would so, you say uh, she enjoyed it by the end would you say that was a, a good story well told i'm not sure i would need to ask her but i know that can you go it and ask memorable. her now can you go and ask her now say was it a yeah. good story well told so none of that will have been recorded because it was away from the snowball. So Rhea says, yes, it was memorable, but she pulled a grimace face. And yes, it was a good story well told. Yes, it was a good story well told. That was without a grimace. I think she was sincere about that. Yeah, but also there wasn't any funny bits in it to her memory. No, really. She couldn't remember any of that. <clears throat> okay. But then you're you're coming at it from that angle, having watched it about 12 times. So I'm going to ask you a question. So... I feel like The Fly is a film that they'll end up remaking with a ton of CG at some point. And, you know, I think Jeff Goldblum in it is is so fantastic with his sort of quirky mannerisms and what he brings to the character. Who do you think they would get to play Brundle 
in a 2022 remake and is it is it Dwayne Johnson? It's The Rock. <laughs> it's The Rock. And does he and and how does he does he rip the fly out of himself and then fights it around New York or That's the new twist, yeah. Yeah. No, um get the more, hell out of my body. If if I was like I, I was thinking seriously for a second there before The Rock came up but like Maybe someone like Michael Fassbender would be quite good at it. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Like if if it were treated seriously, but you can also imagine it being done a real disservice with some like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eddie Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> uh. Ready Edmayne. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'm. I actually might say that I'm an eight. I think that half point is gone. Uh, so you've beaten me on life scores this week, but that's because my thumb is just very sore. Okay. Um, Ian, I just wanted to tell you about one more film that I watched, which is uh, Pet Cemetery. It's about the, the pets. When they die, they take them to the pet cemetery, and then like a few hours later, they come back and they're, they're alive again, but they're not all there. They're, they've been to hell or something, and now they're back. I kind of enjoyed it. The old one is is showing signs of a little bit of kind of TV movie about it. Um Ultimately, I think I just wanted more stuff to come back. It took quite a while for, you know, there's a cat that comes back. Um, and Is then this the a... first time you've seen it? So I saw the the original when I was young. Um, and then I've, I've seen the remake recently. And I watched the old one again just the other night. I just wanted more stuff to come back. Because it's not until the end that they actually kind of, you know, sort of really get to the promise of, of bits coming back. But... I still think it's uh, an effective movie, but I just wanted to bring up one line of dialogue that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, and this is when the kind of dad, the dad, the surgeon guy that moves into the big house, um, after the child dies, he kind of goes AWOL for a bit. He's actually going to dig up the body of his child, uh, but nobody knows where he is. And somebody just says, oh, he's, he's probably gone out for a burger or a chicken dinner. You know what guys are like when they're on their own. That's a genuine line from the film. <laughs> just. Do you want me to read you the line again, or? No, just like I mean, yeah, out of context, maybe it's less funny, but I get. I mean, no, what, it's not supposed to be funny. Thinking? It's what not supposed thinking? to be funny. Ian. No, it's, but it's, you're telling me because you think it's hilarious. I think it it's. Is a, I think it's quite yeah. funny that. The is realist... it in the Stephen King original? It's in the Stephen King original. You mean the book? The film. No, no, that's oh, what no. I mean. Is is it in the book? Do you think it was a written bit of dialogue? And when it came to the movie, they were like, I think we should say he's off doing this. And Stephen King, King came in and said, no, that's You've not the it. original line. I want to be very clear that this guy could be out looking for a chicken dinner. Yeah. Um, I I would have to try and do a bit of digging to see... Uh... If I can bring if that one can. back. But um, anyway, let's move on to the um, semi-deep dive. Ian, what is an accent? <laughs> an accent is a distinctive way of pronouncing a language, especially one associated with a particular country, area, or social class. It's amazing that you've actually... Prepared, prepared this now that yeah. you know it's coming. Um, so, Ian, I think the reason that we actually sort of 
we're, we're looking at accents for this kind of deep dive, this sode, um, was because Sean Connery passed away quite recently. And are you okay to continue knowing that? Um, give me a moment and I'll, I'll be back with you. Okay, so uh, Sean Connery, obviously, you, was... Can I just ask, what's your jumper? Is it... It's uh, like mountains and stuff. It look, do you remember the Montana bar? It was like a biscuit. It's bar, like a Toblerone. This is like a Toblerone. Yeah. Do you remember Could... the Montana biscuit? It must have been a Scottish thing. Listeners, let us know whether you know about the Montana biscuit or not. We'll, was um, it a Scottish we'll thing? On. So, yeah, we're, we're looking into um, Sean Connery because he had... You know, he had a distinctive accent, uh, an accent that he often wasn't prepared to to change when he was in, you know, certain roles that we might get into later. Um, he was James Bond. He was Indiana Jones's uh, father. Um, who else was he that was memorable? He was the Highlander. No, he, he wasn't, wasn't the Highlander. He was the Spaniard. Yeah. He? he was a Spanish he man. He was, yeah. And he, you know, but I mean, you could... You, it's not crazy for you to think that he was a Highlander, given his accent in the film. He, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What What else was he in that you remember from your childhood? He was in a terrible film called Finding Forrester. I think. And what's What's that one? It's about some guy, some literary. It may even be a true story about an author and some university student learning from him or something like that. Um, he was also in The Rock, wasn't he? He was in The Rock, yeah. He, that was, a, that was the, a good The film. Hunt for Red October, I think, is the one where he had the terrible Russian accent, which was just his accent. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I think the other big accent one was The Untouchables. So uh, he just did a Scottish accent, but I think he was supposed to be Irish or like American Irish. In a, in The Untouchables? Yeah. Who, yeah, he was he supposed to be, to be, yeah, he was supposed to be Irish. Um, so Ian, throughout you know this episode, as long as you're okay to kind of, you know, to keep soldiering on, your brave hero. I've got a few um, facts about Sean Connery. Some, as I'm going to call it, who, what, where, when, why, how. Uh, so I've been looking at Google um, and I've been typing in like who Sean Connery, what Sean Connery, and seeing what Google suggests. Um, okay. So I can do the I can do the first one for you. I'll give you two choices. Do you want to know who did Sean Connery support in football, or would you like to know? Who is Sean Connery's son? <laughs> Which one do you uh, want to know? Support in football. Okay, so he, he supported Rangers FC, but he used to support Celtic. He changed his mind halfway through his life. Wow. wow. So, Ian, talking about the Scottish accent, um, something that you're really familiar with. Oh, yeah. So how do, you, how do you feel when a non-Scotsman is trying to portray... A Scottish accent. Uh, I've got an article here from your favourite publication, The Scotsman, um, of the six. It's the six best and the six worst Scottish accents ever captured on film. So, um, we don't earn anything from this podcast, but if <laughs> no, we, we did, don't. I would, <laughs> I would class this as workplace harassment. <laughs> Why? On the basis of my uh, nationality. Why would you say that, Ian? Um, no, come on, tell me, what are the six worst portrayals of the Scottish accent then? Um, well, 
in fact, the way that the this publication has, has ordered them, they've they've kind of mixed it all up in in sort of good or bad. So I'm gonna, okay, I'll give you the the actor, and you tell me whether you think it was good or bad. So okay. Johnny Lee Miller in Train Spotting, Ian, good or bad? It was good. Yeah, it was very good. It was good. That was um, Sick Boy. Yeah. And it, and it, and you think that was a? I mean, they gave it ten out of ten. Yeah, Easily was, one of the best efforts going. Yeah, it was really pretty good, to be honest. I think I, it was a long time before I realised he wasn't Scottish. And then when, okay. when I did, like, if you really, really listen, you can kind of hear certain things. But I think, what, to what, be honest, it's pretty good. What is the kind of main thing that people do with a Scottish accent that you feel, you know, they get it kind of wrong or they, they over-egg it somehow? The tr- the trouble is um, because same as England, there are like hundreds of accents from very like small condensed areas. It's kind of hard to like if somebody tries an Edinburgh accent or tries a Glasgow accent, they're going to be getting different things wrong. I think probably the one of the main ones is people like over emphasizing rolling R's uh-huh. or um, ooh sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so give, give me a, give me an example of an oo sound in a word in in play. It's very rare that I've ever heard a Scottish person say the new, but the new. seemingly okay. English people feel like that is a must-have in their um, portrayal of a Scottish accent. Okay, um, so Robert Duval in A Shot at Glory. Ian, good or bad? <laughs> I've ne- or nay? I've never seen it, but I've seen the trailer for it and I think it's quite bad. It was me who had his daughter stolen from him. In this uh, article, it says it belongs to the lower leagues. So um, I we should, I think we should do an episode on that film because I'd love to watch it and I'm sure it's absolutely god awful. Oh, come on. Okay. Um, next up, have you seen the film Brave, the Disney Pixar uh, Scottish fable? Yes, I, I've not watched all of it, but it's one of those sort of Saturday afternoon films that you maybe watch 10 or 15 minutes of. And I think a lot of the accents in it are quite bad. Mm. Emma Thompson here was, uh, it suggests that it was, it was pretty good because uh, her mother is from Glasgow. So em- Emma Thompson's done a good Scottish accent in quite a few things, I think. There was okay. a film she was in with, um, with Robbie Carlyle about some what? mad hairdresser or something like that. <laughs> like a demon barber Sweeney, version. Sweeney Todd. Yeah, kind of. But um, she was good in that and she's also done... I'm pretty sure she's done a Scottish accent well elsewhere. But I think I meant the ensemble cast in Brave mostly didn't get it right. I think probably she did. There's a, a particular point where it may be so over the top or the type of film that it is... <laughs> is not particularly trying you know you know like shrek or something like that does it need to be absolutely accurate i mean what do you think about shrek is that a good accent or is that a bad accent does that sound good to you um uh, it's a bad accent but it's acceptable okay, okay that's what i mean ian that's what i'm saying is it acceptable yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying and brave it put me off scotland <laughs> put me off the film okay and that's why i only got 10 minutes on the telly Okay, um, Jude Law in Black Sea. Now, Ian, if you haven't watched the trailer for Jude Law in the Black Sea, I, I suggest you do. Um, I'll try and put a little soundbite in here 
but have you not not very clearly in my memory i feel like maybe i've just seen a clip or two of it or something but um let me can i have a listen now and you yeah can sure you can gap. have a wee listen black sea jude law trailer yeah i've been working on submarines for nearly 30 years it's terrible it's it's the same as picators i've i've watched six seconds of which three of them were the titles so three seconds in, his accent's horrific. You blew it! Can you get to a point where he says the word Peter? Can you can you just tell me now how you think he says the word Peter? Okay, well, I've not got to the Peter bit, but he probably goes, Peter! Peters. <laughs> yeah, Bing. pretty much. Uh, it's it's f***ing terrible. <laughs> making um, me angry. Give it, give it a score out of ten. It's, uh, it's a one, because it it's exists. Can I just tell you what the first comment on uh, that YouTube trailer is? Uh-huh. Americans, Russians, English, Scots, Irish, and Australian all in one submarine. Shit gonna get real. Looks good. <laughs> um, yeah. Move uh, on. Move on. Jessica Lang, Lang like- or Lange in Rob Roy. I think it was passable, yeah. Um, I'm not uh, sure. Ian, this says it's bad. Woefully yeah, unconvincing. I don't know how we can ever really sort of trust you uh, again. It says, I'm going to read directly from the article. It says, Jessica Lange's effort as Mary McGregor in Rob Roy will make your toes curl. Okay, so give me bad. a... I just want to listen to it. I've okay. got the YouTube video up now. There is no dialogue. <laughs> Working my way to dialogue. You know I love the bones of you, but you take too much to heart that cannot be helped. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Her Scottish accent is matched only by the overacting. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's it's too over the top, and it's not a good accent. So my my gut instinct was that it wasn't bad enough for me to me- remember. But now I've listened. It is on the accent scale. It's probably a three hmm. out of ten. Okay. Uh, moving on, we've got James Doohan in Star Trek as Scotty. That's kind of on the uh, Shrek scale of yeah. Like obviously not great, but just don't know. bother with it. Just leave it. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've got Johnny Depp in Finding Neverland, <laughs> playing J. M. Barry. I've never heard it, but um, God, he's actually he's quite good at an English accent, isn't he? Is he? Have you have you heard him in um, in Sweeney Todd? He sounds like he's in EastEnders, mate. Buy some food, get a room, stay there. Don't tell anyone where you're going. I don't want to know. He sounds like he could work down the calf. Yeah, I thought that's why people quite liked him, is because he was he, he was on the fast show doing an accent like that or something, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he's got that one accent. Um, it says here that rather hilariously, Depp says that the accent came from watching hours of Rabsy Nesbit. Now, I don't know whether that's true or whether the Scotsman is in the habit of kind of making uh, facts up or not. Um but you tell me if it if it sounds like Rabsy Nesbit. Shall I have a listen? Oh, yeah, I think you need to have a listen, yeah. What do you think? Do you like it? He's about a four out of ten. Okay. So he's, he's, what you're saying, he's getting some things right. He's getting some things right. Where he's gone wrong is he's, uh, he's not getting the R's right. So he's going like George instead of George. Like... He's met somehow just totally missing the R being in the word. Okay. He said uh, he's talking to a little boy in this who's called George. And he says something like, 
that's the thing, George. Um, but I mean, you know, that, rest, Ian, that that wasn't that wasn't a very good accent either that you did. So, <laughs> and and you're not even an actor, and he is. So that is how difficult it is. Um, so surely okay. the actor should be better than <laughs> a real Scotsman, um, Christopher <laughs> no, Lambert. Christopher Lambert in The Highlander. What? I didn't even know he was... Tr- like, I didn't know it was intended to be an accent, was it? In Christopher Lambert in The Highlander. I mean, he's yeah. spo- he's, come on, he's supposed to be Scottish, isn't he? It's news to me. I thought he just didn't try and it was meant to be that he was French. or Is he Belgian or French or where is he from? American French. You cannot die, McLeod. Accept it. If you're going to sign on for a film about... And you're playing an immortal Scottish swordsman. I mean, let's face it, you know, if you're immortal, you've had loads of opportunity to really sort of pick up the accent. So it, it can't be French. Unfortunately, Christopher Lambert had three months to prepare. Connor McLeod. So let me have a listen. Go on. If it came down to just us two, would you take my head? It's like a one or a two. <laughs> it's a number one, maybe a number two. Okay. Um, and finally, Chris Pine as Robert the Bruce in The Outlaw King. I think this actually looks like a pretty decent movie that I want to watch. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm having a look now. Is it not a telltale that if he's not speaking in the trailer, it's it's bad? Well, it sounds like it's all right, but I only just got a little clip. Let me just get some sort of dialogue here. I could talk about honour. It's quite good. Okay. But you are here. Confirmed. No, it's not. Ah, oh, he messed it up halfway through the scene. Here. <laughs> you are here. Here. It's, it's very variable. It's like, it's ups and it's downs, mate. It's ups okay. and it's downs. I mean, but it sounds like he gave it a good shot. He did give it a good shot. Um, do you want to know what my favourite Scottish accent is? Yeah, um, Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire, or Robin Williams during his uh, stand-up routine about the golf course. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's obviously shit, but it's a quite good attempt. Ian, are you okay to hear another Sean Connery fact? <laughs> yeah, I'm alright. Yeah. Okay, so we've either got what is Sean Connery's real name. Or what did he say to Disney execs to not have the budget of The Rock cut? Um, two, please. Sean just shut them down and he said, you should be giving Bay more money. Have you seen the footage of this movie? He's doing a phenomenal job. Don't you want a great movie? He just laid into them. They left with their tails between their legs. This was Disney long before it became like the biggest superpower in the world. Yeah, holding a little bit of cash back from Michael Bay and Sean Connery stepped in and you know unloaded you listen here and you listen good this film's gonna be fucking fantastic <laughs> well he weren't wrong was he <laughs> fair yeah fair yeah um, let's let's do one more great fact okay so where does Sean Connery come from or that's all I've got actually where does Edinburgh. Sean Connery yeah Fountain Bridge oh no okay. and where was his last location was in the Bahamas so you're getting two facts there so from Edinburgh to uh, the Bahamas, what a life. Is that going to be your unofficial tell-all? From Edinburgh to the Bahamas? <laughs> I've never been to Edinburgh. 
or the Bahamas. So <laughs> no, but it'd be your tell all about him. Um, can I give you some um, a couple of mad accent ones that I think are they're no good? I hate to say it, and this is you know not speaking ill of a you know another person that's passed on, but Carrie Fisher in Star Wars. I think this is more just unfortunate than anything. She started off with a, a British accent and then yeah. slowly reverted to an American one over the course of the series. Yeah. Uh, but in her defence, she says that you literally just could not read the script and the dialogue in any sort of accent, let alone American. So it kind of sounded the most natural in a kind of weird British accent. So there you go. Carrie Fisher over the course of multiple Star Wars films going from Britain to America. So we've actually just watched all nine of the main films over the last like two weeks and yeah it's quite yeah you notice it when you watch them in such quick succession what would you say that um your favorite trilogy is now uh prequel which i assumed was your favorite before uh middle (laughs) classic or modern why did you assume the prequels were my favorites just because that's your age isn't it when you were you know at the cinema, like with your pogs, uh, or no Tazos or whatever they were, and your sticker pogs. album and Tazos, yeah, and shit. yeah, yeah. Um, so I hated those ones in the cinema because I just didn't really get what any of it was about because it was too young. It's like, what's this shit, Dad? Fucking... What's a trade sanction? What's Senate? What's that? What's... <laughs> dad, what's an embargo? So actually, funnily enough, I think the ones was that your dad were... there? Was your dad there? No, nah, I went you? to those with pals yeah. did the cinema watching star wars with my pals no actually this time around i think the middle trilogy like as in the original trilogy but the middle chronologically was okay. the least crowd pleasing oh okay and i think that's because leia plays quite a backseat to the lads yeah whereas padme is quite an important part of how everything evolves in the first um trilogy and leia becomes very important and so does ray in yeah. the more recent one so don't know um my controversial we're gonna get all the star wars uh diehards emailing into us that's true where can they yeah. where can they email us ian the star wars diehards that would be guys on film podcast at gmail.com if you're a star wars diehard and you're affected by ian's opinion then please email this summer bruce willis star wars diehard so also uh gerard butler um in psi i love you um he was doing PSI, a... i love you the, yeah, so, does he love that um, Gangnam style? So, yeah, he was doing an Irish accent in that one. And he actually, yeah, he apologised um, for abusing the accent. You're going to be so impressed. So he's attempted to do quite a few accents. He's attempted to do American, uh, Irish. Uh, I'm not sure if he's done English, but I mean, you know, he's got a decent voice. I don't. I think he should be more, you know, take a leaf out of Sean Connery's voice because he has got a pretty decent voice anyway. So just... Just be, look, Gerard, just be yourself, mate. Take a leaf out of John Connery's voice. I think he suffers a little bit from a sort of, what do you call it when British people do a lot of work in America and then Mm. they have this sort of, yeah. what's it called? I think like um, Piers Brosnan has it as well. Atlantic twang is that what you call oh, it oh and a little bit like what christian bale might have as well that was what i was going to go on to next oh what a segue wow christian bale's actually really quite good at getting accents right yeah but it's left his real life accent in tatters <laughs> yeah like he tries yeah. to like every interview he does he just 
goes from one thing to another to another, and it just sounds so weird. It's just a munge of noises. So if you didn't know, um, he is Welsh. Is he? Yeah. You'd never know. All right, Ollie, you have to select the best accent for a couple of scenarios that I've come up with. I'm just going to completely edit this out, but carry on. (laughs) Why? Because I just feel like this is going to get me cancelled on Twitter. (laughs) You should leave that bit in. I'm leaving. Okay. (laughs) I'll leave that in, but I'll take the feature out. Yeah, good. Okay, carry on. All right, you're only allowed to use these accents. So... Danny Dyer, it's really an impersonation thing rather than yeah. an accent thing, okay. but each one's from a different place in the world. Yeah. Danny Dyer, yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yep. and Michael Caine, <laughs> Sean Connery. Shot. Okay, yeah. Right, okay, so scenario one. Um, not a million miles off the truth. You've been taken into a security room at the airport for uh, for questioning because the X-ray has shown some unusual groinal activity. What accent yeah. are you using, and what might it sound like? It'd be it'd be Sean Connery. Um, if I feed you the line, can you say it? Okay, feed me. Now the line. you listen here, Sonny. I know of everything that's been in and out of my <laughs> anus, <laughs> and I'm telling you, there's nothing untowards up there. Now you listen good, Sonny. I know everything that's been in and out of my anus. There's been nothing untoward. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, all right. I don't know how I ended up having to do the accent. <laughs> well, Can you, you please know. try? Can you try? Dude, I'll try the next one. Okay, all right. You need to choose Danny Dyer, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sean Connery. Which one are you going to deploy? You've forgotten girlfriend of the podcast, Mandy's birthday. How are you getting out of this one? What accent are you using? And you can't use your own. I probably it probably have to be Danny Dyer, I guess. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, uh-huh. fa- oh, oh, fucking hell, mate! I was off me fucking nut on on Mandy, <laughs> and I I forgot, mate. Go on, I tell you what, hit me in the boat. It's that's good. Your, that's your prison. Hit me in the boat. Great, it's good. Do you think Mandy would react well to that? Um, it probably. Hit, hit him in the boat, I think, would be the response. Fair. Okay. Um, okay. You're visiting the cinema during the pandemic and you're the only person in the theatre until right before the end of the trailer, somebody else comes in and sits two metres behind you. Safe, all safe, but you know, you're know you the only two there. After holding it in for 45 minutes, you <laughs> fart and it smells so bad, there's <laughs> no avoiding the elephant in this room. Yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> Come on, audience. <laughs> Give these people air. Yes, yeah, it's good. It's there. <laughs> All right. Okay, I've got um, a quick quiz for you. So this uh, isn't really to do with accents, um, but because um, I watched Pet Cemetery, I noticed that there was a couple of little songs in it. Um, so who sang the theme tune to Pet Cemetery? Was it the Ramones or the Misfits? Can you remember? Ramones. Yes, okay. Is, is that a question or are you just like wanting to have a chat about this? It's just a question. <laughs> was it not jo- was it not Joey Ramone on his own? Ah uh, now now you've got me thinking. I, I think it is the Ramones and they did like quite okay. a spooky album of kind of songs about like skeletons and things like that. Did you realise that there is a Dream Warriors theme tune? I did not. Okay, so 
Ian, this is going to be a 50-50 toying cost for you. Is it by Dokken or Winger? Toying cost? <laughs> did you mean to say toying cost? <laughs> did I say toying cost? Let's, let's listen again. Uh, I, meant, I meant a coin toss. <laughs> That's <was> fucking brilliant. <laughs> Dokken or Winger? Um, yeah. Walking or Dinger? Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go with walking. <laughs> it's it's actually dinger. No, it is docking. <laughs> no, I said I said walking. Okay, fair enough. Um and I've got a quick question for you. So my daughter recently turned fifteen. What do you think the best uh most important fifteen rated film is to watch? The crow? And this is gonna it's probably gonna be one of these um one of the seven, isn't it? <laughs> Robocop. That's an eighteen. Is it? Oh yeah, it must be. Yeah, the crow. Commando's an eighteen. Aliens is an eighteen. You know, they're all eighteens. Terminator um, Two is a fifteen. Oh yeah, fair. Has she not seen that? No, she must have seen that. She's seen no. Terminator One supposedly, and that's an eighteen. I didn't let watch it. Okay. Well, she's seen one, sure too. Okay. So you've heard it here first. What else have you got? So I've got a segment called The People versus Ian Smith. Okay. Um, so I realised that our Apple reviews, um, we had one one star review. Mate, don't. Do you want me to talk to you about what this one is? <sighs> Go on in. So somebody called Very, Very Nice Guy on uh, the 17th of May this year um, gave us a one star review and uh, the body sorry the the title says Ian is a bit odd and then the body just says see title (laughs) so we've got a one star review because I'm weird or odd and I was thinking maybe if I had a new accent that could help okay so what, what what should it be and did you write the review? <laughs> I didn't write the review. Um, I think you could potentially... I mean, the accent that you do is either uh, Brian Butterfield with a cold or obnoxious <laughs> um, advert man. <laughs> hey, yeah, guys! So it's either it's either that one or very nasal. Maybe, but I don't think that's going to make people think I'm any less odd. I don't see where they'd have got that from. To that be I'm odd. Yeah. Well, I'm looking back, and May was when we did feel good movies. Uh huh. Maybe I said something uh, inflammatory around then. Yeah. If they were just trying to feel good, then maybe I made them feel bad. Hmm. Um, I mean, what I would suggest is that is that people leave, like you know, um, a five star review. Yeah, because being odd should be acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Let's normalise being oddity. Odd. Yeah, yeah, I think exactly. um, one person's five star review is another person's one star review. So who knows? So anything else that you think could help? You know, like if I were to do one thing right now that you think would seal the deal on somebody hitting the five star review, what do you think it would be? You know, I, th- I mean, I think you've been doing pretty well. You've done some good research. You've, um, you know, you did really well with the accents and reviewing everybody's accents. No room for improvement. A plus. Not much. Yeah, no room for improvement. I, th- I think they're going to turn that that one star into a five. I can just feel okay. it. All right. Well, if you like the podcast, then go to uh, Apple and give it a five star review. 
not exactly, Apple Podcasts. Exactly, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to do. Um, I've just got one final thing, actually. Go on, then. It's the name game. Oh, yes. Um, I'm going to try and mark them this time, if I can. So, are you ready? And willing. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Robert. Redford. De Niro. Tim. Spall. Robbins. Robert. Redford. Duval. <laughs> Robin. Williams. Correct. Yes. That's one. Robert. <laughs> Monkhouse. What? Redford. <laughs> Julia. <laughs> Roberts. Yeah. Robert. <laughs> the Bruce. Patrick. <laughs> Robert. Um. Oh, um. Oh, the quick fire thing's gone here. <laughs> I oh. edit it. Robert. The Bruce. Pattinson. Okay. Robert. For fuck's sake. There's only so many anyone can know. Um, this on. is amazing that you can only think of Redford. <laughs> and then I've got the Redford one wrong. I can't think of any Roberts in film. <laughs> Apart from Julia. <laughs> Come on, guess. I can't. I've got no Roberts left in me. I've got nothing. Downey Jr. Oh, for fuck's sake, you're joking me. Margot. Robbie? Yes. Okay, so I thought you were going to like then twist it and turn it into something else. The, the, the trepidation and sheer horror <laughs> that you experienced there was well worth it for me. Jesus. Is that it? That's it. I feel like that's the most stressed you've been all year. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been pretty stressful year as well. What about Robert Rodriguez? You missed him. Zemeckis. Carry on, good night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can think of all the Roberts now. Just you know. No, I'm, I'm not thinking. I'm using uh, IMDb. Oh. Why don't you do the plugs, Ollie? I can't be bothered. <laughs> After that stress. Um, so, if you enjoyed the show, um, let us know at gofpodcast.com. No, I'll no. do the plugs. <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch. <laughs> Our email address is guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.com. You can let us know what you liked about the show, um, or you could just tell us other things that I could do to improve myself so that people don't think I'm odd. Um, I didn't take that personally, honestly. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at GOF Podcast, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guysonfilm. Ian, would you rather be seen as just, you know, some kind of boring, straight down the middle, you know, kind of guy nothing interesting or would you want to just you know do you want to let's be a bit more like you let's celebrate being a bit odd I don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever no you're quite right you're quite right right well um unlike very very nice guy yes yeah okay right bye fuck you very very nice guy (laughs) (laughs) that's a bit, bit odd bit odd very very odd guy <laughs> <laughs>